Bonnie, good to see me. It's been a little while, and none other than another episode of the Boogie Broadcast. And today might be a pretty cool solo day. I got a little help. Let me turn the cord. For those of you who are listening, you might be able to hear her grunt, but this is Lilo. Leo's going to join the podcast for the intro, huh, Lilo? Yep. Okay. She's not interested. Anyway, good to see me and you all together again after a little while. Um, things have been going pretty steady. Rock steady, actually. Uh, very busy, man. Anyway, besides the point, there hasn't been too much going on except for the UFO thing. Um you know, I was listening to uh, another podcast, and it kind of hit me that there's been actual people out there that actually have video who are high up in military rank who have actually seen these things. Lately, that's been kind of on my mind a lot, is um, th- there's a possibility that these things could exist. Not aliens, UFOs. They do exist. They're real. You know, they're unidentified is the only issue. I think we relate aliens to UFOs too much, and um, it could just be uh, another dimensional thing that we just kind of don't understand, or it could just be something um, out of our reach to even begin to understand, and we're just so adapted to the things that we're told that we kind of just slip on by as if you know it's science fiction, and in reality, there are people out there that have actually seen it. And then that brings us to the Area 51 raid. Like, 200 people showed up, or t- or 40, or something <laughs> crazy like that. Millions of people um, promised that they'd be there, and only just a few people showed up. Anyway, that's hilarious. That's kind of like, you know, you, uh, you send out invitations for your wedding, and they only have, like, 50 people show up. Mine was not like that. Mine was weird. I had almost everyone answer the invitations, so just, you know, buyer beware, if you're thinking about getting married and you send out some invitations, be prepared to accept uh, for your inv- invitees to accept the invitation. Like they're actually going to show up, which would be nuts. And it kind of happened to us. So uh, in- anyway, just uh, kind of a crazy thing how there have been people who have, you know, documented UFO sightings and it's kind of becoming public knowledge now. Uh, it's just a, a weird thing to, to behold. There's some video of it online. Um, the guy's name is Dr. Or sorry, Commander David Fravor, um, who's also spoken to the Bob Lazar guy, and that was on a Joe Rogan podcast, obviously. Uh, 
anywho, he's uh, he's seen it once, but his what what got me was his videographer has seen it more than once. So anyway, there's a big uh, UFO thing going on right now, and it's just really intriguing to uh, see those things happening, uh, things coming to the light that were in the dark for so long. Uh, I do have a question though. Whatever happened to the Ebola outbreak thing? Did we get this under contained or under control? Did we get this thing contained? I mean, what really happened? With the Ebola thing, my dog's sleeping right next to my leg, kind of freaked me out. Um, that's just something, I don't know, this this might be how conspiracies work, and I, I'm not really a big conspiracy theorist. Out of all the myths and legends, probably the only one that would make sense to me that would be the Loch Ness Monster, how it very well could be a a large, still prehistoric type of... Um, animal that exists still which you know there haven't been sightings for years uh it could have just been one of those crazy coincidences like the tyrannosaurus rex flesh they found in alaska uh but anyway it's uh, some of these things that we're told by people that are concerns or spoon-fed it just kind of concerns me because i'm thinking that you know obviously ebola is a real virus how big was it actually, though? Was it that much of a concern? And what was the point behind making it such a mainstream thing? For some people, it was to help in case the outbreak took over. But for other people, it was a, a plot to get more money or something. I don't know. The The whole excuse me, Ebola outbreak thing was huge. Um, and uh, again, obviously, it's a real thing. How I just don't understand how these things just come and go so easily. Someone needs to explain to me how something so catastrophic can just hit and then just over one. I guess, well, I'm kind of talking myself into an explanation. I guess one thing would be hurricanes damages. They're so temporary for everyone else. But if you've ever experienced a hurricane, you know that those things just last. Yeah, they're only here for a day or two, but when they're gone, they leave you with breathtaking toll of loss that is just incredibly difficult to digest. And over the course of many years, you're still repairing yourself mentally and physically from your homes being destroyed and, and the memories in your homes being destroyed. Uh, I'm not too sure if I can associate that with an, an, uh, uh, a temporary outbreak of a virus. I'm just trying to understand how things can come and go so quickly. Uh, I understand firsthand how the hurricanes affect individuals and how massive catastrophic floods in, in affect individuals being my family that have uh, experienced that and maybe I'm just not one that experienced the virus thank God and uh, it's just a, an interesting thing to me how things so catastrophic and so worrisome now this was keeping people from traveling this was keeping people from getting on an airplane and even going out towards Texas or, or, or the west you know and it's a, a crazy thing to think that just came and went uh, kind of like the Black Plague. It's just hard for me to think something so crazy. And we've all forgotten about it. It just comes and just whoop, right out the other door. So anyway, just like a little food for thought. I was just thinking, um, you know, something too about the floods. You know, Tropical Storm Barry, the sewer spill from Alabama was over 250,000 pounds of sewer was dumped into the water from those floods. So it's not just your destruction, it's your your incorporate your 
involving a sewer into your main source of living. Like, we can't survive two to three days without this water. Water is the main necessity for living with life. Imagine if that 250,000 pounds of sewer affected the drinking water for how long though you know we would have we would obviously have drinking water we would get it imported but it's just hard to think that you know these disasters and these things they they do last a long time they do last a very long time you know and something about food too is funny to me what did they feed babies before baby food were you just breastfed for a really long time? Like, what did you eat? Or what were we given for food? Did y'all put food in your mouth and chew it up and spit it out and then feed it to the baby? I mean, I have a baby on the way. And it got me thinking. What did people feed their babies before baby food? It's a good question in my personal opinion. I mean... Shoot, man, people back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s were smoking cigarettes the whole time they were pregnant because they did not know the repercussions of a nicotine-addicted baby or the development of a baby or the neuro... neuro well, maybe I need some neurological development. The neurological... of the baby. Hello, everybody knows that. The neurodevelopment of a baby in the womb is affected a lot by nicotine or... Uh, THC or wine, alcohol, stuff like that. Anyway, they were drinking like horses and smoking like chimneys back in the day. So it's hard to say if it really did affect us like they say it did. I'm sure there's some people out there that you definitely could tell, like, you know, your mom smoked while you were in the womb. It's just funny to think. I actually also don't know why there's not more do not smoke at smoking stations. Like the, the no smoking signs. Why is that not implemented more harshly at gas stations? I mean, I know it's hard to, it's the fumes that catch on fire, and it's almost impossible to flick a cigarette into a puddle of gasoline, but just think about it. Why isn't a, like, if I saw someone smoking at a gas station and I was a police officer, dude, I'd arrest you so fast. You would be in handcuffs by the time that thing reached the butt of your freaking mouth, dude. Just unreal. People smoking. I think I figured out a solution to graffiti so I'm a giant fan of graffiti uh, matter of fact I've seen about um, well how many have I seen I think I've seen about seven Banksy's seven or eight if not the most famous he's definitely up there uh, he's a very he has a lot of political tight twist on his stuff but his stuff is very uh, provoking um, Miss uh, Dr. Cornbread or Mr. Cornbread, what are they? The first one of the first guys to capitalize on tagging trains and stuff. I think I figured it out though. There's this invention now called chalk paint, and chalk paint is dilutable by water. And I got myself thinking, this is a fix for. Oh, sorry, I just kicked you in the face. This is a fix for both parties. Graffiti artists don't like people taking their stuff. Uh, Shepard Ferry, who is famous for the um. Andre the Giant posters started a clothing line. So obviously he's not as upset about it as other people are. Banksy got got this portrait 
that he painted with built put a built-in shredder and over of course i think it's like a year or two it finally went on auction and they hit the shredder button and it started to shred obviously there's some people out there that don't want their work to be sold for money they just want their work to be enjoyed by individuals uh, as temporary you know pieces of artwork a lot of them do it illegally but some of them do it legally those that don't want their art to be stolen if you use chalk paint there's your solution it would last until it rained or until it was washed off by something it would be there it would exist you can have your photograph when you were finished however it would not be there unless mother nature takes it or unless a cleaning crew comes up and, and takes it from you that way your works of art would not be taken and sold in the markets now people like me enjoy it but can i afford it no i can't afford a half a million dollar bank see it's impossible Actually, nothing's impossible. I could one day. I will one day. But it'll be something he wants to sell on his own. Anyway, so I'm fixing it also for business owners and for the city. Whenever, you know, you guys should encourage graffiti artists and, and, and encourage them to use at least a, a chalk paint. You don't understand in Bristol. I mean, like the whole main reason a lot of people even visit Bristol in England is because of your graffiti there. Uh, Detroit, too, in Chicago. Uh, a lot of times you would get people who come who go over there just to see the graffiti that you guys have produced and do a fantastic job at. So just some food for thought. I just was thinking um, I just was thinking about that. I, I, I believe that chalk paint could be a solution for graffiti. And it is temporary, but it lasts a little while until you introduce, you know, like I said, water to it. Just something I was thinking about. It's a little tidbit for today. Uh, another funny thing I was observing was I was sitting at a coffee shop on the outside and a cab drove by and the cab read on the side of it um, uh, $250 vomit charge. And to me, that's hilarious how cabs and uber drivers are famous for picking people up because you know the one main reason is public trans not public transportation won't do it is people are not sober enough to you know do that or they just you know already have it on their phone they're they're already playing now especially now people have planned their their days around uber uh party days so i was just looking at that and i thought it was hilarious how these people have to change their carpeted floors to vinyl floors get washable interiors in order to pick people up and drop them off just because they got drunk. And that has happened so many times that they have to do a vomit charge for passengers. It's just, that's hilarious to me. However, I did not see a diarrhea charge. So that must be extra, maybe. It's a possibility. A lot of you guys don't struggle with this stuff. I know I'm kind of going off of off like off the limb on some of this stuff. A lot of y'all don't have problems with the love bugs. We have had issues with love bugs for a long time. Some say it is an accidental experiment gone wrong. Uh, an experiment accidentally gone wrong from some people at LSU or whatever. Anyway, in real hot humid climates, no one else has to deal with these except for us in the deep south. They exist. And they will ruin your clear coat, your chrome, every, anything it touches at high speed and bursts into, your fiberglass, everything. The acid from the bug will eat your clear coat away, and it will cause your, your hoods to rust after a while, after, being, after 
if it's stuck on there for too long, it eats the paint. It's just this crazy, weird bug. However, this year and last year, there hasn't been too many. I'm starting to wonder what's happening to them. Is this accidental bug dissipating into thin air? Does it not exist anymore? Has it ran its life's course of aggravating us to death and causing us to have to get our grills and bumpers repainted? Is it over with? Or are they hibernating and waiting to attack us all at once with a bigger group of numbers of bugs? Hard to say. Anyway, I just think that's funny. Uh, what happened to love bugs is a good question. Hard to say if they're still here. They've they've went away. You know, talking about thrown up on a cab. I wonder, is your body just so impatient? That it decides to throw up versus having diarrhea. Like, I'm not trying to make this a, a, a comedic podcast. I'm just trying to, I'm thinking, is your body just that slow sometimes where it's like, oh, by the way, remember you ate that Popeye's chicken? I mean, I thought about it then. It was a good idea. But like after sitting in here for a day, I'm not thinking it's such a good idea. So we're going to need to get this out. Uh, there's an eviction notice like as of today. So uh, in my opinion, I would much rather my body be like, yo, this has got to go. And then go in the bathroom and throw it up and then rinse your mouth out. Not having to be miserable for days. I don't know what made me think of that. It's just uh, something I thought of. So there's a law that I was looking up uh, recently, the Napoleon Law. Law of France, it's uh, based largely on common sense rules instead of legal theories or principles. It's uh, derived from Roman law. It was institu instituted in uh, 1804 by the French Empire Napoleon, by the French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte. He, uh, he reigned from 1796 to 1821. And it is distinguished by its religious tolerance and emancipation of land, also called the Napoleonic Code. That is something very interesting to me because I think it still exists partially in South Louisiana, how this land you can do certain things on and you can't do certain things on other pieces of land. Uh, it's based more on common sense instead of, of legal, so it's more like a spoken word thing. Anyway, that law just kind of intrigued me how there's a spoken word law that still exists and all all that being said i just thought it was interesting because i was down in south louisiana and someone was talking about this and it, and, and it intrigued me that how they were saying that yeah that this is part of the land that you can and can't do and anyway just interesting i do have something to uh enlighten all of my friends with and non-friends with as far as religion goes isn't it funny how most all religions predict or have a prediction of the end of the world? I mean, I just think to myself how that is so intriguing to me, how all of them say something about the end of the world, and then a beginning to a new world. How we all kind of accept the fact that this world will end one day, and we all have our interpretations of how it's going to happen. And then how there's a possibility that there could be another new world afterwards. The Bible talks a lot about this. It has a whole book written on it. And 
I just find it so interesting how all religions can agree on one thing, is that the end of the world is coming, and it will come one day. And I just find that fascinating. I find it interesting. If we can't agree on everything, at least we can agree on one thing. We'll all will die one day. I know where I'm going when I die. And to say you don't know is just your idea of not accepting the fact that there is death. There is death. I know where I'm going when I die, and it's dead. I will be dead. I have accepted the fact that I will be dead, but I also accept the fact that there could be an afterlife. And what I believe is that there is a, a place for me after this. And uh, if you guys are interested in hearing about it, I'd love to tell you about it. Because my personal opinion is that there is a heaven. Um, it's hard for me to disown the fact that there is a creator. I believe in creation in a sense, kind of, how there could, you know, it makes sense to me how there could be a creator. Uh, I'm not sold on the fact that, you know, five, uh, six days, six nights thing or, or 6,000 years old. It's a lot of interesting theories on that. I'm not sold on it. However, it's just interesting to me how everyone does agree on at least one thing, that the world will end. How we all have those thoughts, too, of death. And then the thoughts of life. There are, are endless amounts of potentials for life. And that, to me, is the beauty of being alive, is just to appreciate life. Your, your purpose in life is just to appreciate that you're living in my personal opinion, I believe that we should all live for each other and for something more important than ourselves. And that will take you into the next day with a smile on your face. Because you're not living for yourself only, you're living for other people. But you have to remember to live for yourself too, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. I was talking to a cousin of mine last night about that, how he's a fireman. And the number one responsibility when you enter a fire or you exit a fire is making sure you are okay. Do not put yourself in danger because you cannot take care of your friend or the people in the home or in the business or wherever or in a car that is, is inflamed. You cannot take care of someone else if you are not taking care of yourself. Please do that. Drink lots of water. <laughs> Exposing the human element in elevated symbolic figures, i.e. celebrities or doing something of recollection. I wrote that note down thinking about the human element is us. Uh, kind of like what I just said about the protecting yourself. The exposing the human element in an elevated in elevated symbolic figures. I'm talking about mainly celebrities or people who are are noticed for um certain things you know, like Gandhi and things like that. Um, it's interesting to me how people focus on their opinions so much. It, you are just, you, you are an elevated human being who's been put on this pedestal. Excuse me. You're an elevated human being who's been put on this pedestal by other human beings. So you are in a position above everyone else because, you know, we put you there. We look up to you where the term comes from, looking up to someone, looking up to someone of a higher stature than you are. We, we've put you there. You did not ask to be there. We put you there. But for you to say your personal truths as actual truths, that begins to bother me. I don't have any actual truths to tell you because all truths are personal truths. 
they're only true to you because you are the only person living your life. So you have to uh, applic those things in your own way. But for a celebrity to demand an individual to think a certain way or have a take on um, funny uh, drugs or have a take on gun control or have a take on abortion or have a take on church or have a take on technology or have a take on social media to or to not to do the thing, you know, that's the question a lot of celebrities ask. And so does Shakespeare. If for some reason you believe that a celebrity has your best intentions of your life in their hands or in their minds, it's probably not there. They don't know you. And in order for someone to have good intentions for you in your life, I believe that they have to know you. Now, you can be a good, genuine person and really hope the best for people. I mean, I hope the best for all the people who I meet. I genuinely hope that those people uh, excel in their life, have sincerity for those individuals. I'm not saying that that celebrities don't have the capacity for love. It exists there. But for them to tell you an actual truth of how and what you need to do within your life or without of your life, um, I just think we look up to him too much. Uh, For instance, the big guy, Donald Trump, we idolize him. I don't idolize him. I actually don't actually agree with the whole idea of a president. I think it's kind of silly. But people do idolize him. People do idolize people like Brad Pitt, like Tom Cruise, uh, uh, even even plagiarizing figures of how you know we thought. And I'm just giving you for instance how we thought America was in such a poverty-stricken position that we thought one man would pull us all out of it. That one man did not do that. Donald Trump did not do all those numbers on his own. He has a huge team behind him of people. But yet somehow, we in the South and we as Americans have idolized him as some kind of God that has saved us from the darkness of our own destruction. That's not true. He's a human being. He is a normal person who just so happened to be put in a position of power and who just so happened to be really good at business. So he he has helped a helping hand in it. He is not the one who's done all this stuff. All of us Americans need to realize that no one is going to do anything for us but ourselves. We have to take action, and we have to take responsibility. There's not one person, one lady, one man out there that's ever going to do anything for you other than yourself. If you're blessed with a wife or a husband who is who is there for you, God bless you, and I'm so happy for you. And I'm, I'm in the same position. I have a wife who keeps me straight, who really helps me be a better person. Um, but... Our president, our future president, or past presidents, those people did not do any of that on their own. It was a team effort. And I just appreciate if everyone would stop idolizing figures. I mean, I'm trying to expose the human element here in an elevated, uh, in an elevated symbolic figure. Okay, I'm just trying to tell you that they're human. They are just like you and I. There have been things that Donald Trump has buried deep beneath him. He's a human being. He's done wrong, but he's done a lot of right. I'm not this isn't I'm not trying to say this about him, or I'm not saying this is a political thing. But it even goes back to JFK. The things that he did. Ronald Reagan, the things that he did. Obama, the things that he did. You know? Hillary Clinton, even though she's not way up there, the things that she did, which were woo. But i just think it's funny how we idolize people and 
I don't have a figure like that in, in my life that I, I idolize or I put into a high position or that I even follow. I just find myself seeing more of a human element in people, seeing more of their flaws than I do their promises. However, I do have a lot of people that I look up to as far as the things that I see in people that are that are promising. There are very there are there are few things that I see in Donald Trump that I admire. There are a few things that I see in uh, Mike Pence. There are a few things I even see in people like uh, Ellen DeGeneres. There are uh, in, in even Oprah, uh, ladies who are in high positions of um, elevated symbolic figureness. Like I see them as people who intend to do good on this earth, and kudos to them. And I would appreciate if we would just see them more as humans because we would better understand their intentions. And the goodness of them would be more transparent. Uh, and only all, I'm just blabbering. This is just me talking. Since I didn't have a guest to put on here, I figured I'd just give you guys a little, um, I don't know, 20, 30-minute podcast. Something you guys, uh, y'all are the reason I do this. And actually, you know, I'm going to take it back. I'm the reason I do this. This makes me feel good. And I just like talking about things that were on my mind. I shared a few notes with you guys. Um, yeah, you know, I just think it's funny how the Ebola thing came and went. Uh, something else I thought was kind of hilarious was, I mean, I do believe that that graffiti could be fixed that way. If we just had our graffiti artist use chalk paint instead of normal paint, it's all washable. And, uh, you know, the whole vomit diarrhea thing is funny too. Anyway, food for thought. Thank you, guys. I appreciate everything that you do for me. All the above. Let's jam out a little bit to this outro. And I hope you guys and gals have a great and wonderful week. Peace, love, prosperity, charity, forgiveness. All the above. All the love. You heard what it is. You already know what it is. 